The following podcast contains explicit language. Skylar and Tom live in different cities. She's in Brooklyn, he's in Seattle, and back in 2014, their mutual friend Isabel thought it would be a good idea for them to follow each other on Spotify. He always popped up as someone who was listening to either something that I really liked at the time or who was listening to something that I wanted that looked interesting that I wanted to listen to. And he, I think, was doing the same thing. And then Tom wanted to find out what Skylar looks like. And I just took the bold step and followed her on, like, Instagram. And she followed him back. And when I saw that she had followed me, It was like kind of a rush because I was like, oh, wow. Like in my mind, she was this really, you know, like like a really respected voice on current music, which is something that I don't necessarily keep my thumb on the pulse of. And so I was like really excited that it felt like I had like made it. This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. And on today's show, a story about how any app can be a dating app if you use it enough. Like this year, Skylar logged 84,000 minutes on Spotify. That's like 60 days of music, 16% of her year. So over the years, Skylar and Tom were just kind of lurking in each other's internet lives, mostly over Spotify, but they'd never met. And I think we all have these people, right? Who just know from the internet. But then the summer, Skylar started working on a playlist of songs. Songs that have helped her deal with anxiety and depression. And that's something that this year I've become more comfortable talking about. And it's been a thing that it's just important for me to, like, work toward normalizing it for myself and also just for the, the greater good. Hear how she said that, that she made this playlist for the greater good? For the, the greater good. Skylar's doing something here that I can really relate to. She's using an ironic tone like a shield. When you're being this sincere, publicly posting a playlist of songs that have helped you when you're suffering, it's hard to do that. It makes you feel vulnerable. Like, here's this playlist, everyone. Just great. Here, listen to it. And one more thing you need to know about Skylar is that she's a synesthete. Her wires are crossed in a way where sometimes when she hears music, Usually when it's loud, like at a concert, she sees colors. I guess you could say I sort of like hallucinate colors, like flashes of color, and they correspond with different beats and different tones. What are some of the correlations? Okay, let's see. The deepest like bass always flashes like red and pinks like hot colors. And lighter, like, synth music is always blues. Blues and greens. And, like, sparkles, I feel like. It's very strange. I mean, I imagine that it's the way that people feel if they're, like, on LSD. And I've never taken LSD, so I wouldn't know. But it's what I've been told (laughs) it feels like. So this playlist of songs that have helped her with depression, it's not a casual listen. It feels like looking around her apartment when she's not there, finding her diary. It might be the closest you can get to knowing her inner life. 
I actually got a lot of really positive feedback from it from people in all corners of my life, you know, family members, friends that I hadn't heard from in years, and Tom. <laughs> I was cleaning the house that night and just put it on, and it was like two, three hours. And I listened to the playlist just all the way through. And I was in the middle of sweeping my floor, and I just like sat down for 10 minutes and just kind of listened to the music because I felt like it was taking me somewhere else and had kind of Instead of being the background music, it had become the thing that I was focusing on that night. So just really amazing. And after all these years of following each other online, they've never actually talked. It definitely inspired me to, you know, reach out and actually say, hey, that was a really excellent playlist. I've been listening to your playlist for years. Thank you. Just just throw it out there. A nice compliment. He'd actually screenshotted the playlist and he'd put like a little crown emoji on on the playlist and he was he wrote something like this is an amazing playlist thank you it felt like a time when she was being very human on the internet through this playlist and i could have a very kind of human response to her and just kind of let her know that i appreciated the work that she clearly put into it so what were some of the songs that were on that playlist okay so uh sharon van etten who i really love she's just got like such a beautiful voice and she actually has been pretty open about her own mental health in my world sharon van etten is like one of the best singer songwriters making music today And it actually has the lead singer of that band, Beirut, on it. He sings a duet with her. And it's, I think I read an article where they were interviewed together about it. And it's essentially like her going through a panic attack and like they're talking, talking through that scenario, basically. Sharon and Von Etten's voice is just like the voice of an angel. <laughs> it's like it's a slow song, and I feel like usually this the music that I listen to when I'm sad isn't always slow. Sometimes it's like kind of frenetic sounding because that's like what I need to like work through that stuff. There's this band called Purity Ring. It's mm, it's a great name for a band. <laughs> One of their first singles is like a very dramatic song. It's called Fine Shrine. I remember just listening to that song over and over when it came out and also just listening to it when I'm sad or even if I'm like running. It's one of those songs that sort of relates to a lot of different moods. And so it found its 
place on this playlist because it's versatile to me. more of these songs are hopeful than sad because that's like my whole goal if I'm depressed is to get out of it. <laughs> There's one literal hopeful title. It's called Your Day Will Come. It's by Sun Lux, another great electronic band. What do you love about it? It's like ominous in a way, but like the, the instrumentals are really ominous, but the lyrics are very hopeful. And I've always loved that like duplicity I guess where it almost feels like the person who wrote the song isn't sure how they feel and that there's you know something they're working through too close your eyes swallow the sun you have only You could hear that in electronic music. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can. I think music is like my love language, if you really want to call it that. (laughs) Your day will come. I mean, there's a classic, like a Seeger Rose song. You know, everyone knows Seeger Rose because they've been around for a really long time. But there's a song on here that I'm not going to even try to pronounce because it's, you know, a hard language. It's one that I, I remember listening to it as a teen and being like, this is great for my feelings. <laughs> a really good friend who was from Iceland and and he passed away last year or yeah about a year and a half ago and his favorite band was Sigur Rós and to see an Icelandic band kind of become a a national presence and really just make great music uh, he always took a certain amount of pride in that and he loved he loved their music and so I had been listening to all of these kind of new songs and getting really excited and then that Sigur Rós song came on and I just kind of had to that was when I I just sat down and you know just kind of took it in it's like music has this incredible ability to bring up emotions or bring up memories that you haven't thought of or felt in a long time And he 
a couple days into it, sent me a link to a Spotify playlist. And he was like, I made this for you on my lunch break. Or I got home early from work. I forget what he said. And it was just a small playlist of 15 songs. Honestly, these were just a lot of songs that I was listening to in the spring. And I just really wanted to impress her. <laughs> but I guess there was also some pressure. I was like, what if this is all really bad? You know, like, what if it's terrible and... I'm, I just want to stop talking to him after this. But it wasn't. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. <laughs> a tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made. It usually doesn't rain I think he knew that I liked Frank Ocean, so he put a, a sneaky cover on, which was very nice and, like, kind of a sexy cover. I won't lie. I mean, Frank Ocean is, is sexy, so, like maybe read into that as flirting with me but I don't know (laughs) were you flirting oh oh, yeah totally totally flirting oh he put two Nina Simone songs on there and he said before I listened, he was like, there are no rules except you have to listen to these two Nina Simone songs back to back. And I was like, okay, those are strange rules, but great. Like, sure. Take me to the And it was great. I mean, Nina Simone, come on. She's wonderful. I'm going back home, where I was born. First I, to stay, I was mostly just, I don't know, taken with the fact that he made me the playlist because he knew that that was the medium that works the best for me. <laughs> like he already knew because he's been wa- been watching. I don't know. When was the last time someone flirted with you like that? When was the last time someone made you a playlist? Probably like not since high school. Like, I don't know. I can't remember the last time someone made me a playlist without me initiating it. Also, the, the playlist is called Song Skylar Might Like. It's like a hopeful title. And yeah, Skylar loves hopeful stuff. A few weeks later, Tom checked his Instagram and he found a link to a new playlist. It was called Songs Tom Might Like. So when someone makes a playlist for you, you get the sense that they were actually thinking about you for, for some amount of time. And that in and of itself is amazing. When that comes from someone that you've never met before and they're right, uh, it feels even even more special. The first like batch of songs on this playlist were a song by SZA. I think it's Supermodel. I brought a newsletter to let you know I'm really leaving and no, I'm not keeping your shit. What does he look like? Um, he's blonde, like me, but like, you know, like dirty blonde. He has glasses, also like me. <laughs> So she's got great glasses, 
and she smiles a lot, which is which is uh, wonderful, and she's got a great smile. And uh, smizing is that the phrase where you're really smiling with your eyes and you're kind of like beaming your energy into the camera? It kind of feels like that is what she's doing in all of her Instagram photos. So yeah, I mean, she's she's beautiful. She's got blonde hair, and it was always just like, this is a beautiful, coherent, intelligent woman who happens to live 2,000 miles away from me. Which is the one that was the biggest message to him, where as you were making it, you were like, this is for you. Yeah. Um, there's like a really sappy Kendrick Lamar song on here. The, it's called Love. Give me a room for my money. There is nobody, no one who will me. It's just like a slow song and not really, it's the only song on that album that is like, is that way. How many times do you think you've listened to that playlist? I probably hit shuffle play on it maybe like three maybe three or four times a week, like every other day. And I don't necessarily listen to every song all the way through because I don't think that's how anybody listens to playlists. But depending on what I'm doing at the time, there's just an endless amount of good songs on there and things that, things that I love listening to. And it's like really flattering, you know? It's like really flattering when someone makes a playlist for you. No one coming home. Backstroke off. I got what Already on 10. How many come in? I'm feeling go wide. This body won't drop. This body won't end. If I didn't ride blade on curb, would you sell? If I minimize by that word, would you sell? And then the song How Loud Your Heart Gets. Uh, by Lucius. Uh, that's a song where maybe the message of the song and the actual sound of it kind of line up because it's kind of about, you know, uh, wanting to get closer to someone but you're really far away from them. And it's bringing this intensity and this like real energy to it that I just really connected with. So I listened to that song a ton. And, and basically for that entire playlist, you know, I still listen to it. I listen to it like when I'm biking. I listen to it when I'm sitting at work. I just listen to it and just kind of every time I go through, there's a new song that I like. There's a new song that uh, I want to listen to something else that the person made. It's just continued to be a really great inspiration for me. Oh, 
at this point, you guys have said so much more through music than actually through words. Yes. And like all of the messages that we uh, exchanged were like about music, like different artists that we like. So I think texting, like switching over to texting was a pretty natural progression and helped us cross over into not just talking about music stuff. (laughs) So what did you guys start talking about? Random. I guess stuff that you'd talk about on a first date. How did you guys become like daily text buddies? Yeah, I I don't really know. I don't do that with anyone. Um, I don't do that with my mother or my sister or my best friends, but I do with her and it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like a something that I'm required to do. It's something that I'm choosing to do. Tom knew what they had to do next. And so I ended up booking the tickets about a month ago. And it's happening in a week and a half. So this is like becoming very real. (laughs) It's just going to be a completely different thing once I've had the opportunity to spend a couple days with her. He said something really cute like, this isn't, it's not scary at all. Like not stressful at all. Totally normal. In all caps, and I was like, mm-hmm, great, like we're on the same, this is a little anxiety provoking, but also exciting. <laughs> I've always been really excited about the prospect of actually meeting. And now that that is eight days away, it's, it's getting to be very real. And, <laughs> and now it's like, I'm trying to quiet the voices in my head that might otherwise you know, run rampant and and try to shut something down. So it's like, calm down. You'll know 500% more next Friday than you do right now. It just feels like it's never going to be as pure as it is at this moment right now. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I I think the buildup and like the, the nerves and excitement are almost like, you know, it's intoxicating, I guess, in a way. And that, like, real-life dating isn't this way. You know, I've dealt with a lot of really trash, garbage dating situations in my life, and this is not one of them. It's singular. Like, in my life, I don't have anything really to compare it to speaking to someone for three months without having met them. Let's say everything's going amazing. You guys have the most romantic, fun weekend of your life. But then what? That's blank space. Like, I do not know what comes after. But soon, thanks to the magic of podcasting, we will. We're going to take a quick break, and when we're back... We'll hear what happened next for Skylar and Tom. Stay with us. She's very uh, intelligent. She's like clearly intelligent and discerning and attractive, beautiful, right? And so dating kind of, I thought I was going to date a lot this summer and I ended up just like not dating that much at all. I can't say what's going to happen, but, you know, I feel more optimistic than I do terrified at this point. (laughs) 
joining me now in our Brooklyn studio, Skylar. Hello. <laughs> it's been a couple months. Yeah, it's like it was a whole different season the last time I saw you. And you brought a guest. I did. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Welcome to New York. So Tom's here. And to catch you up, this is their second meeting. The first meeting happened in Portland, Oregon. Tom drove down to meet her from where he lives in Seattle. And it must have been a good visit because months later, he's now visiting Skylar here in New York. I talked to them on the day he arrived. So last I spoke to you guys, you were both getting ready to meet for the first time. That is correct. <laughs> uh, uh, what what happened next? Everyone wants to know. <laughs> some stuff and some things. <laughs> yeah, so Skylar came out to Portland and I came down and we had a really nice weekend together. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Tell me about seeing each other face-to-face <laughs> for the first time. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it was like a mega first date. It was like, I don't know, different than other first dates I've had for sure. Yeah, it's like the build-up to the first date was incredibly long <laughs> and uh, very intense in a lot of ways. And so I was like, oh, here is the person who has been on the other side of all of that. How long before you guys started... Like, because you're you're kind of on a first date after all these years, so like, do you hold hands? <laughs> decades, you know. Oh yeah, like, I remember feeling like. Do you touch knees? Like, is there electricity? Uh, for me, there was. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and we were at like a small table at an intimate, like, romantic bar in Portland, where everyone's like cool and nice. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is like I'd already had such a nice trip up to that point, like hanging out with our mutual friend and the the build up to this like once I got to Portland was even more exciting. Well, let me just say I'm about to ask a question that really is for my own amusement in a lot of ways, but and you don't have to answer it cuz it's incredibly personal. We'll probably answer it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I would I would agree. <laughs> Skylar. <laughs> Skylar knows cuz I I've, I've tried to ask this but then cut my stopped. How long did it take between the moment you met and then just like, we got to we got to do this now? I mean, if we're talking, it was like it was it was quick, right? Yeah, it was I like mean, if, we were like, on the same page. Yeah. And so <laughs> what Tom means is that he rented an Airbnb for us. And then a few days before I got there, he was like, uh, I'm just going to tell you a thing, which is that I got us an Airbnb. And I was like, wow, you made a plan. This is excellent. Yeah, and it was a place that is surrounded by like bars and places where we could have mm-hmm. gone that night if if we had wanted to, but like uh, <laughs> you know, it just it just didn't happen like that. So after this bar, we were just like, well, let's go check out the Airbnb mm-hmm. and just drop our stuff off. And if we want to go over another drink, we can, oh, but we don't really need to. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh well, <laughs> yeah, we can put some music on, <laughs> we can talk. Etc. It sounds like they really liked this uh, Airbnb. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah from Airbnb. Thanks. <laughs> Great place. Great place. Great place. Five out of five stars or whatever. I wrote a nice review. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so you guys like the apartment? <laughs> It's okay. Like the amenities were better. And like by that, I mean just one amenity and it was a human being. I don't know. 
<laughs> the location is good too. <laughs> yes, it was a nice neighborhood. Yeah. Found, found parking pretty easily. It was... So we talked about everything. I heard all about their weekend plans for his visit to New York. I asked them lots of questions about long distance relationships, like how do they work? When do you get into one? And I even asked, are you guys boyfriend, girlfriend? And then I enjoyed their nervous faces, their tortured roundabout answers. It was so cute. Like, take this moment when I asked if they are still talking through music. Like, we've progressed past that. You know, it's like, now I, you know, I share real things that are happening in my life, and you share real things that are happening in your life. And Instead of just a, a song that makes you think about that thing. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, like, I don't know. It's like when I need support or when something is confusing to me or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to, like, send a song as a hope that maybe we can have a discussion. I'll just be like, hey. I feel this way. Yeah, this weird thing just happened and I could really I I want to talk to you Mm -hmm. and I thought this was going to be my ending what I did is I declared the podcast over that this was an episode about internet friendship turned romance turned real life something now they just have to go out there and live it (laughs) thanks Tom thanks Skylar (laughs) see you out in the real world see you yeah (laughs) see you there The next day, I hung out with Tom and Skylar as friends, not for the podcast. There's this bar that Skylar and I adore, a place where we know the bartenders, where I've cried my eyes out. It's also the bar where Skylar first told me about Tom. We were in a back corner, marveling that a guy like him could exist, reading back their text exchanges, his right answers to difficult questions. And back then, it felt like the universe had just whipped him up custom job, payment for all the rats and super rats that she's been wading through for all these years. Watching him that day in the bar, while Skylar's friends lined up to meet him, he felt dim next to her glow. While she was schmizing, he was watching the door. Five days later, I invited Skylar back to the studio to tell us what happened next. Here I am. So after they taped the podcast with me, Tom and Skylar had this jam-packed weekend. They met each other's friends. They met each other's sisters. They even met a few cousins. They baked cookies, attended holiday parties, stared in wonder at the first snow of winter. And then came Monday. Tom's flight was that night. Skylar took the day off work, and they went together to the Whitney Museum just to get some like culture in there before he left. And it was really nice to have taken the day off and just like a, a really casual, sweet, nice day. It was really nice on, on Monday, really sunny. And Did you guys take photos together on that balcony? We did, at his request. <laughs> and on the High Line, also at his request. Skylar was starting to get worried. They needed to talk about things like, What would their next visit look like? When would that be? And why had he been so distant in the weeks leading up to this visit? But we didn't really cover a lot of ground about that until Monday, when it felt like sort of too late to have a serious, meaningful conversation about that. But he 
sort of in a like a flurry sort of blurted out after we left the museum that we should talk about it <laughs> which i said of course of course we should like it, you're going to leave soon <laughs> and at that point i didn't i wasn't expecting something i wasn't expecting uh what happened <laughs> to happen wait so he decided to have a serious talk with you about your relationship on the A train yes. on the way to JFK. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, part of that conversation took place in Chelsea as we were getting off the High Line at 30th Street and walking downtown to the A. But for our non-New York City listeners, the A train to JFK... During rush hour just sucks. Yeah, and there are just like always a lot of people on it and people were on it with their luggage going to the airport. It's it's a, it's mixed vibes. It's a lot of people to handle and a lot of noise and not a place where you're trying to talk to someone else. The A train to the airport is quiet and loud. Loud because the train's old, speeding through tunnels. Quiet because commuters don't talk. Someone coughs. Someone else is playing music out of the speakers on their phone. Luggage and scarves, folded up newspapers. And Tom. Ending things. He started to say things like, I just don't see how a distance relationship is supposed to work if there's no concrete timeline of us being in the same city. He said, if only I'd met you in Seattle. We'd totally date. I agree with that on some level, but that was just really hurtful and a huge insult to me because that makes me think that we're just interchangeable people like in each other's lives. Like there's a version of him here and a version of me there (laughs) that exists somehow. And in my opinion, I've, I've lived in New York long enough. I've been on the apps. I've dated dozens of people here. I know how to find someone in New York, but this relationship wasn't about that for me. I wouldn't have pursued a long-distance relationship with Tom if I didn't genuinely care about him. And now Skylar's that girl, crying on the train. I, I mean, I didn't expect it to go well, but I didn't expect it to be a full-on, like, kicked-to-the-curb situation. Uh. Do you remember when I asked him about the boyfriend-girlfriend titles during our interview? Yeah, I don't really remember what he said, but I maybe it was foreboding. Do you want to listen back? Sure. Can I call you guys boyfriend girlfriend? <laughs> Do you guys call each other boyfriend girlfriend? Tom, you're back in New York now because you are visiting Skylar here. So this is kind of second in person date. date. <laughs> right, right. So maybe it's too soon for me to ask that. Right. Um, we haven't used those words with each other, and that's kind of I imagine one of the things that we're really going to have a discuss. <laughs> like we have some talks, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's like because. I've been surprised at how 
just like how authentically I connect with Skylar and how much I actually like enjoy her as a person. So what I've tried to do this whole time is just be like honest, but also kind of like I've been cautious because like when I'm being honest with someone, I like don't try to overpromise or whatever. So the short answer is we have not used those words, but we've stayed in very close contact, closer contact than I stay with anyone period, including my mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's a conversation you want to have mm-hmm. together face-to-face, not on a podcast. Probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's something that's definitely been on both of our minds. So. so do you wait to the very, very end of the visit to have that conversation? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Good cue. I doubt it. I mean, like, no. I think we're both uh, we're both kind of, like, anxious people. Like, it's not yeah. really in our nature to just be like, let's just play it cool here and then we'll just do it later it's kind of like hey this has been on my mind right let's talk and like you're here and it's not gonna like you're not gonna just be here for right indefinitely so let's figure it out yeah i feel like when i asked tom that about waiting to the last minute i was kind of saying don't wait until the last minute don't let her meet your family don't pose for photos on the high line don't do it on the a train He just kept saying, I'm sorry. And there were a lot of fraught silences where he was just like staring at me and then away. Like it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. They got off the train at the station where you transfer to the airport. And he looked at her, confused. Do I go this way? I was like, this is the machine that you get the ticket at, and then those are the doors that you go through. Like, I still offered it because in my just shock, I was like, well, I guess we're at the airport now, and this is your stop. Like, I guess I'm going to go. And then I was like, oh, okay, now I'm crying, and all of the policemen in the station are here. And then I took the fucking wrong staircase down back to the A train. Did I want to go to the Far Rockaways? No, no, I didn't. In a lot of ways, vulnerability is the currency of dating. It's like your chips in a game of strip poker. Before you see each other's hands, you keep upping the ante. You keep putting parts of yourself onto the table until you're broke and naked. And after all the underwear's off, you start throwing in your secrets, your flaws, your worst breath, your bad attitude. And as the pile grows, there's so much more to lose. And more to win. Eventually, the pot's bigger than the entire table, which, yeah, it's scary. But that's what makes the game fun. Skylar was ready to be all in. At the end of our interaction, despite him saying things like, I care about you, and if you lived in Seattle, we would be dating. Those those answers don't add up to... I to I think you are singularly a person that I would be with regardless of where you live. Do you wish you'd held back more? If I 
knew how I was going to feel right now. I Yes. If I think about it in the grand scheme of things, I would say no. In the future, I don't really plan to be. I'm sure I'm going to be more guarded because of what happened here. But I hope you won't be. Yeah, I do too. Do you think you're going to make a playlist about this? I mean, at the end of the day, like, music isn't the thing that I share with other people as much as it's the thing that, like, keeps me going. (laughs) So. Wait, so what should we go out on? I think probably the first artist whose music I connected with, not through my parents, like, individual discovery of my own. (laughs) So it's Sia. She's been around forever, and I love her very much. And she's, like, never going to stop making good music. (laughs) So she's, she's behind, like, some of the most famous, I mean, what is it, Rihanna. She's written some of the best pop songs of all time. We'll be right back. And now it's time for another blind Skype date. Today we have Melissa and Robert. All right. You're around Michigan? Yep. I live in Ann Arbor. How about you? <laughs> Same place. I'm in Ann Arbor, too. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> No, guys, it's not a small world. We set you up because you both live in Ann Arbor. That's how this works. But sure, be charmed. Robert is 25 years old and he works as an engineer. Melissa is 27 years old and she works at a nonprofit. Robert got us started with the first question. So is there something that you'd want to know about me that you usually never ask someone that you just met? Okay, Robert, that's not really a question for your date. That's an invitation for you to be asked a question, but she goes for it. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a relationship? Are you just looking to meet more people? I feel like I, that's like such an obvious question to ask, but I never am like clear walking away from a date, like what's, what someone's actually looking for. I guess I'm looking to meet new people initially. And if they happen to be someone that I'm interested in, yeah, I will you know, progressively see how far things will go from there. Yeah. What about you? That's a good question. So I don't know. I mean, I haven't really been in like a super serious long-term relationship. So that feels like something I might want to try out at some point, but Mm -hmm. it definitely just depends on like how things are feeling and chemistry between people. I don't know. Like I'm pretty happy with myself and everything else right now. So 
I feel like this is the time you actually want to do that. And not when you're like, oh, I really need to be in a relationship and everything else. So, yeah, I'm definitely open to like a more serious relationship, but just have to see where it goes. All right. That's a very good answer. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, What's the hardest thing you've ever done? Hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know if it constitutes as hard where, okay, the, I sung for my sister while she was walking down the aisle to get married. Oh my gosh. So I, th- I think I'd probably have to go with that. Yeah, I would be so nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like, she asked me six or seven months, pr- I'm sorry, a year prior when she initially got engaged. I was like, huh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then I forgot about it. And then six months, she's like, yeah, you're seriously doing this for me. Like, oh, no. And I sung and played guitar while she walked down. That's amazing. That's super cool. Yeah, it was. uh, I was surprised I could play with how sweaty my palms were. (laughs) (laughs) I would be so nervous. I, yeah, I feel like I would, like, not remember it after it was over. Yeah, I know I know I messed up on part of it, but from what I've heard through everyone like, Oh, you sounded so great so either they were lying or they didn't notice. Whatever. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever works. (laughs) So I noticed it's been about thirty minutes. I would totally be on to grab coffee sometime. All right. Yeah. I'll go for it. Wow, Robert, could you sound just a little more excited? Cool. Um, do you want to give me your number and I can text you? These two never met up. They texted the day after, but Melissa just wasn't feeling a connection. In hindsight, she thinks she might have jumped the gun and asked for his number. She really wanted the date to work out. Which, yeah, been there. Our show is produced by me, Andrea Salenzi, with Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hilary Frank. Our artwork changes every week thanks to Teddy Blanks at Chips.NYC. And our theme music is by Andy Miklas, Casey Holford, Lee Rosevear, and Evan Viola. Special thanks to Mia Lobel and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be sharing links to the playlists we talked about in today's episode. They are epic. You can find me at my full name, Andrea Salenzi. We'll be back with one more episode for you next week. Go listen to some music is my advice. makes a song a smash talent luck timing it's all that and more on the last friday of every month chris malamphy pop chart analyst and author of slate series why is this song number one tells tales from a half century of chart history through storytelling trivia and song snippets chris dissects how that song you love or hate dominated the airwaves and made its way to the top of the charts and shaped your memories forever Recent episodes have explored the history of charity singles, the parallel careers of Tom Petty and Prince, 
and why the rock establishment denied disco superstar Donna Summer the respect she deserved. Make sure you're subscribed for the episode out on December 29th, which will look at some number two singles that were kept out of the top spot by particularly successful number ones.